going on, everybody? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net. So glad to be with you today. Hope that you're having a most excellent day today, wherever you're at and whatever you're doing. I hope the sun is shining. Hope you have a nice big glass of sweet tea in your hand and you're just enjoying life. This past week, I had a great time with my students. We did an old school video game night. We brought out all the old consoles, the N64, GameCube. And I have to give a shout out to my pastor because all the he had all the systems. Uh, they, they weren't for me. He had literally had all the systems. Uh, and we also had, a, I forgot, it was a Wii as well. And uh, kids just had a great time. A lot of them had never played some of those systems before, those games. And we put points on them, all that kind of stuff. But if you're interested in seeing that, it's really hard to tell you about it. It's easier to show you. So if you actually want to see some video on that and how I set that up and how to do a video game night with your kids using old school games, that kind of stuff, well, then I'll put a link down in the show notes below. This is part two of a series that I'm doing called The Five Plans Every New Youth Pastor Needs. And last week, we covered the plan to plan. You need a plan to plan. You got to have a way to do that. If you don't have a way or a system of planning what you're planning, well, it's awful hard to stay organized. And I believe with all my heart that an unorganized youth ministry has zero chance of success and an organized youth ministry is limitless in its opportunity to succeed. And however you define success, I think you have to put a picture of organization next to that because organization and success, I believe, go together. This week, I want to talk about the plan to teach. What is your teaching plan? Because I believe the process, just the process alone of planning out your teaching, yes, it's good organization, but I believe it's also an excellent way to find your voice, your voice to teach, your voice to preach. Listen, when I was first starting out, um, I didn't know really anything. I mean, I look, I had my Bible, right? And I had a, a pad of paper, and, I, you know, I read my Bible, prayed about it, and then and taught on whatever God showed me. And you say, look, Paul, that's it. That's the exact plan. That's it. And look, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think if you look at both ends of the stick, if you look at the two extremes, on one end of the stick, you have people who don't prepare very much. And maybe they're just saying, look, I'm going to just, you know, trust the Holy Spirit. And then whatever comes out of my mouth is comes out of my mouth. And listen, I'm sure that is that is certainly one, you know, style of doing things. It's not my style, but if that works for you, then I say I, you just go right ahead. Then there's the other side of the stick, which is, uh, as far as teaching goes, is just super uh, locked down on it, where where there's no freedom, and it has to go in just such an order. And I believe there's a balance to creating your teaching schedule. And if you're a new youth pastor, I think it's really important that you do find balance to it because sometimes you can lean, if you don't have it written out, some things can just stray off into one area or, or another versus saying, look, I have a cohesive plan to make sure that you know, my high school students know this for the next four years and my middle school students know this for the next three years. And creating that type of long-term strategy is not a bad thing. I don't have a four-year plan. I have about a three-month to six-month plan. In fact, I'm working on my fall schedule right now. So if I do three months to four months, I already kind of know where I'm, I'm going with it. So uh, once again, I'm not saying that you have to teach, you know, have an entire four years created or three years created for your students. I'm saying that short term, creating a basic teaching schedule 
gives you an opportunity to kind of look at it, you know, from 30,000 feet and say, okay, I'm, I'm looking at what I'm writing down. I'm looking at what my students are, are going to learn over these. What do I see at the end of that? And then how do I transition from that? And what do I go into next? Maybe it's something you've noticed with students, or maybe it's something you say, no, I got to stay the course and I, I'm going to keep teaching this because I, I got to you know, bring this truth home to them. And I know if you're a new youth pastor, this seems overwhelming. It seems like, Paul, I can't even begin to think of this. If you're a volunteer youth worker, you, you really maybe can't think about this. And I want to encourage you that if you're either a new youth pastor or a volunteer uh, you know, youth pastor, then listen, don't freak out. Don't say, Paul, do I have to have this to be a good youth pastor? You don't. I'm recommending that you create a three-month schedule because I believe in that in creating that and seeing it on paper, I believe you discover something about yourself. You discover something about how God's leading you. You discover something about what your students are learning in this compact period of time. And in writing it down and looking at it, you can adjust on the fly if you need to. Now, the other part of this, of, of being maybe a new youth pastor, which I know some of you are new youth pastors, some of you are volunteers, and like I said, it's overwhelming to create this because you're going, Paul, I'm not even trained for this. Uh, you know, some of you are not, don't have, you know, college degrees in this. You didn't go to school for this. Some of you are truck drivers and some of you are, you, you work another job and you do this on the side because you feel God leading you and calling you to do that. And since many of you are new or you're volunteers, I know there's also a healthy amount of imposter syndrome going around. Now, what is imposter syndrome? It's that part where you're telling people, yes, everything's okay, and I know what I'm doing. And then on the inside, you're going, I have no clue what I'm doing, which we've all gone through that. I know for sure. And you're saying things to yourself, like I said to myself, listen, I'm not a preacher, or who am I to teach, or I've never been to school, or are they even going to listen to me? And these kinds of thoughts hitting a new youth pastor or a volunteer every week is draining. I know they drained me, so I know they're draining to you. And when youth ministry companies like Youth Specialties and Group uh, started selling curriculum back in the day, David C. Cook, uh, I used some of them for weeks where I felt like I didn't have anything to say. I was like, well, I'll just kind of fill in here and I'll use this lesson. And, and I would do that from time to time, which was good. Because listen, you should play around with different kinds of styles, different kinds of lessons, different people who write it. There's nothing wrong with taking a lesson from somebody else and teaching it. There's nothing wrong with that. I always say though, never teach a lesson as is. There's always something that has to be personal from you to the group you're speaking to, because whoever wrote it did not write it necessarily with your particular kids in mind. Yes, they had a vision. They know there was a group of teenagers. There's, you know, they're from this age to this age and so forth. But really you read it and say, okay, now how do I put that God stamp on there? What is God telling me through the curriculum? And as someone who writes curriculum, I know this. I keep this in mind. In fact, I encourage you that if you buy anything from me, that's curriculum, it's a three-week, a four-week, a one-time, one-night message or whatever it is, don't do it as is. It's me writing the material for you to give you a structure, something to at least look at and go, okay, God, what do you want to do with this for my group? And in creating, like I said, a teaching plan, having a teaching plan, you can use some of this curriculum to then find your own voice because you're looking at it and going, that doesn't sound like me. This doesn't sound like my group. 
and you're suddenly then at that moment, the Lord's working in your heart and you're saying, okay, I'm not going to use that. And I'm not going to use this part, or I'm going to change this part. And really what you see starting to develop is, is your voice for your kids and how you teach and how you preach. This is how I found my voice and found the courage to write my own curriculum, which I would encourage you to investigate as well. You reach a point where you go, well, it's okay. I, you know, teaching a lesson's fine, but maybe you have some ideas. And I want to encourage that in you. If you have a desire to write your own lessons, go ahead and do that. That's it's powerful experience because once I started doing that, I, I felt like I had the curriculum. Let me say it this way. The curriculum gave me the runway I needed to take off. The curriculum helped me lay a track, right? To be able to run on for a period of time until I could hear the voice of the spirit clearly enough and build my confidence to write my own curriculum or to change the curriculum, you know, maybe that I had been using. And finding your voice and finding your style takes time. Now, listen, I have, like I said, tons of curriculum. I have all that stuff. But if you're a new youth pastor, can I, can I just tell you this? I have a bundle, a new youth pastor bundle. And in that, I have put 37 weeks worth of lessons. There are lots of three and four week series, things that I believe are my best material. And I put that in there in the new youth pastor bundle, as well as coaching and other things that are in there. I put that in there because I want new youth pastors and volunteers to be able to have the runway they need. Because once you get thrown into it and you are just baptism by fire, I would love for you to have that runway. There's a lot of people who are struggling. Now, now they're going through old books in the office and they're looking through whatever the previous youth pastor had and all that stuff, you know, old or junky or the kids didn't like it or whatever it is. And you're in that, once again, chaos of trying to figure it out and having a teaching plan, knowing that you're going to teach for the next three months, that frees you up to work on other things. If you feel that constant pressure of what am I going to teach and what am I going to preach and what am I going to do this week? Well, you know what? That's using up a lot of energy that you need for other issues. Imagine having the runway you need to not only find your voice, but to use that energy that you would be thinking about what to teach, preach, and so forth, be able to use that energy in other places. I think that's so key, especially for new youth pastors who are you know, putting out fires or, or trying to figure out other portions of the youth ministry and having curriculum takes that pressure off your plate, at least, so you can focus on some other things. Now, the lessons, like I said, are in there. They all vary from three-week, two-week, three-message, four-week messages, one-off messages, uh, things like that. And then I also encourage having gaps in your teaching, it's like to have a free night. And maybe that free night isn't to teach. Maybe it's a, an outreach night. Maybe it's a fellowship night. Maybe it's just you and students talking and having a discussion about something, but also having a free night in that teaching schedule to be able to address things that are going on in the world. You know, whether it's, you know, like the Ukraine war, you know, which I did with our students or, you know, something like that, where you have to mention things that are, you know, going on, you know, or little less epic things like, I don't know, Will Smith smacking somebody, you know, you want to you want to talk about something that's really making the news and then say, oh, what are we going to do about that? Right. So you, you, I think you have to plan these gaps and you know that the gaps are coming up or, you know, you can shift your schedule around based on what you feel like the Lord's put on your heart. And listen, you may not want to create your own lessons, you know, just for time's sake. And that's OK, too. Not everyone has to be the most creative person in the room. Right. You don't have to do that. And that's why having at least the 37 weeks worth of lessons comes in handy. It's just one less thing to think about. I got to say, I love this quote here from Rebecca Campbell. She says, you are closer than you think and more qualified in your message 
than you could ever fathom. I'll read that again. You are closer than you think and more qualified in your message than you could ever fathom. I think some of you are in that in that ballpark. I think a lot of you, once again, have a lot of self-doubt. I think a lot of you are questioning yourselves, and I think you're closer than you think. I think maybe you maybe you need a little extra runway to kind of develop that. Maybe you maybe you just need to start writing your own lessons. But wherever you're at on the spectrum, there, you know, take those chances, take those words as an encouragement to try some things. And if you are needing a runway, once again, I've provided, if you're a new youth pastor, I have the new youth pastor bundle for you. I'll put a link down in the description below. You can check that out. But even if you don't get that, work on a teaching plan. I believe you need one just so you can be able to see how the process is going to work out. And just remember that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So if God has called you, he will qualify you. You will find your voice your process, your passion. Just give yourself some time and a whole lot of grace. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. If you're brand new to the podcast, thank you for being here. Be sure to go ahead and click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so you'll get updated when I bring a new episode to the platform. And uh, you won't miss out on the next three plans that you're going to need, regardless if you're a new youth pastor or not. uh, I still think you need some of these plans. If you're a regular, as always, thank you so much for your attention. And be sure, if you want to, go ahead and leave a review. Leave five stars and a little review if you like the episode and if you enjoy the podcast. And that way I can be found in search and so forth. And uh, finally, guys, if nobody has told you lately that you're doing a good job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better. That's it for today, guys. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.